Hey all you loop gurus out there. Time for another episode of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. This is going to be a good one. Al Sedano's here, and we are going to be reviewing The Hunchback of Notre Dame by Victor Hugo. Okay, no we're not. Uh, but that does play a part in one of the issues we are going to talk about today. Uh, so definitely get ready. We've got two issues, very contrasting uh, thoughts about the two of them, but uh, fun nonetheless to sit down and talk to Al about them. Uh, so uh, get ready after a quick break, and we will be back to talk about the issues. Spring came a little more than a month before school let out for summer vacation. Our town's long nightmare began that night. The killing had begun, but at first, no one knew it. You see, Arnie Westrom was a chronic drunk, and what happened seemed like an accident. The county coroner concluded that Arnie had passed out on the tracks. There wasn't enough evidence to conclude anything else. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Bronze Age of Horror Comics. And I have uh, the continuing coverage of Werewolf by Night. So uh, my buddy from the Resurrection, Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, Al Sedano is here. How are you, buddy? I'm sorry. Did you say something? I can't hear you. These dim bells. It's so loud. <laughs> I know. Where are the bells coming from? You need to stop hanging out in those old cathedrals, man. Or I should have not went to so many loud concerts when I was a kid. <laughs> that too <laughs> oh man so yeah we're jumping back in here we just you know we're coming off of our uh, big crossover you and i and scott had a lot of fun with that you know an issue of world by night issue of tomb of dracula a lot of fun a lot of craziness great artwork uh but now we're, we're back to uh back in our lane shall we say with uh 
you know, the, the series proper, Werewolf by Night with issues 16 and 17. So uh, just, you know, big picture overall. What did you think of these two issues? 17 I liked. 17 was good. 16, not so much. 16 felt a little, it felt a little disjointed. Like, it felt like they weren't giving me enough information in the beginning. So, like, I was a little confused. Like, at one point they're talking about a bomb. Like, wait, what bomb? <laughs> I remember him mentioning a bomb. Like, it just, 16 felt like a little bit like it was too rushed. Yeah, like they, almost. They felt like they, they wanted to do stuff and they kind of didn't look back to check to make sure they put it all in. Yeah, it almost felt like an inventory story, even though I know it's not, you know, because they do talk about recent events and things like that. So if it would have been, you know, written a year earlier, they wouldn't have known about that. So it's definitely not an inventory story, but it kind of felt like one to me. Yeah, because it couldn't be because, I mean, they're it's set up, you know, in Paris. They're on the way mm -hmm. back from Transylvania. Yeah. But it's just, it's just, yeah, like you said, it just felt really weird. Like it just was a very, like you said, maybe it was a rush job. You know, maybe everybody was running late with this. Who knows, right? Exactly. I'm not sure, but mm -hmm. either so, way, they were, you know, it, it wasn't as enjoyable as the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, well, let's, let's start out with that one. So, Werewolf by Night number 16, and this is cover dated April 1974. Uh, and this is a, uh, a Mike Plug cover here. So, a uh, pretty good cover, a, lo a lot of brown. But uh, what do you think of this cover? Oh, no, it is a cool cover, though, because, I mean, he's fighting the hunchback and, you know, hanging off the bell. The hunchback's got this huge, you know, dag you know, twisted dagger. You know, he's, it, it looks awesome. And the police are all down there. No, it's a cool looking cover. I'll give him that. The cover is the best part of the issue. Mm -hmm. It says he lives again, the hunchback of Notre Dame. And my only question about the co uh, cover here, uh, the hunchback looks jacked like he's, you know, on some serious steroids here. Oh, but the hunchback is pretty jacked in the book, too. I'll give him yeah. that. And I want to give him credit for one thing, because they only have had her for like the last two or three issues to draw. Mm -hmm. It's that's Topaz. I can see it's Topaz. Yep. I'm not confused on the cover of like, who is that? No, that's Topaz. Mm -hmm. Yep. She looks good. The werewolf looks good. The knife looks good. My only question is, what does the hunchback have in his left hand? Um, <laughs> like I'm looking at the cover in color on the Grand Comics database. The here. bell has a handle. Is that what that is? I just sure. I'm looking at them. It looks like a, a snake with its mouth open. <laughs> I'm going with it. Well, because the way it is, the rope is going to the top of the bell. But because the way it, the perspective is, it looks like the rope's coming up right behind his arm. It's coming behind his arm. So it looks like that he could be holding the rope. Mm -hmm. But the rope's going to the top of the bell. I'm guessing maybe there's some kind of handle or something on the side. Maybe for like, if somebody walks up to the side of the bell, you know, they need to, you know, <laughs> to have access to it. Yeah, maybe there. That's that's the, the where that's you hang on guess. when you when you polish it. I don't know. That's my <laughs> no prize attempt. <laughs> what the heck is that? <laughs> that one really threw me for a loop there. What does he got his little hand there? Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know, and I don't want to know. <laughs> I'm good with your guess. So. <laughs> All right, well, uh, why don't we jump into the uh, issue here? So it's a uh, death in the cathedral, and this is uh, scripted by Mike Friedrich, uh, pencils Mike Plug, inks Frank Sharamonte, colors Linda Lessman, letters Artie Simic, and uh, uh, the little one-liner here just says, "When the hunchback captures Topaz, the werewolf tracks them to Notre Dame Cathedral and rescues Topaz," and uh, that's that's all we get. So why don't we jump in and uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive than that here, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I do like the credits here on the opening splash page. It says Mike's Friedrich and Plug as the writer and artist. That was there. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and it does thank the classic story by Victor Hugo as well. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, and I was hoping for more because the way that was done, like with the Mike Spiedrich and Plug, I'm like, oh, are they working together really? Like, is this like an actual collaboration 100%? Like, are we going to? No, no. I was like, damn it. That, maybe that's also part of why I was a little disappointed with this issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like you were saying, it, it does, you know, it's continuity heavy. It starts out, you know, you have uh, Jack and Topaz there at the airport uh, in, uh, I'm assuming it's uh, Paris here. And, you know, they're waiting to get back on a plane and go back to Los Angeles after their, you know, dealings with Dracula. And they do talk about it. And Jack has his hand to his forehead like he's got a bit of a headache here. And, you know, he doesn't really say what's wrong with him. He just starts to get kind of pissed off. And instead of, you know, turning green and into the Hulk here, he just flips out and turns into the werewolf. So what's what's this all about? Well, apparently there is. Now, we can sort of blame Jack on this this one on Jack, because, you know, Jack has still not learned how to read a calendar mm-hmm. to know what nights <laughs> of the moon happens. But apparently this is the blue moon where we have an extra moon, which I'm looking up. It looks like it only happens every two and a half years. Oh so you got like a you got a fourth night of the moon because normally there's three nights and he already went through his three nights. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't expecting to be wolfy wolfing out. So I can give him a little credit on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh he goes smashing right through you know a window and starts running around out on like the runway and everything like that. And the, the cops are there and they are maybe it's just airport security, but they're like cops and they're speaking in French. And uh, other than Loop Guru the werewolf, I have no idea what they're saying here. So, well, no. Mademoiselle, Mademoiselle. Okay, I got it. But uh, th- other than that, it's like there's no translation here. Yeah, I didn't think. That... You know what? I'm actually impressed that they're actually just writing it in French instead of you know Pepe Le Pew speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised it isn't like that. Or, or know, just like, in, or, Gambit, or just English. You know, where we're just going <laughs> to say it in English, but Cajun. we'll say Z instead of V, and you know, throw in a French word. <laughs> it's like no, no, yeah. no. These people are in Paris. They're actually going to speak French. We're gonna put mm-hmm. French in here, or sometimes somebody I'll just put Gary, it in Somebody gave English. Mike a uh, uh, French English dictionary, and damn it, he was gonna use it. Yeah, or else they'll just put it in English, and then there'll be like a little editor's note that'll say, you know, of course they're speaking French, but you know, we're helping everybody out that's reading here in America. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Somebody gave him a French English dictionary. <laughs> yeah, but there's a really cool uh, splash page here where you know there's a plane flying right over the top of uh, the werewolf here and that looks really really good oh yeah that, that is cool that is cool looking with it. he's like he's running onto there and i like how they make it look almost like his perspective like the lights are so much brighter every light is like a star mm-hmm. you know everything's gleaming everything's light it's so pristine and man-made just to put the wolf off Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I love I love it. I do love this page. It is really nice. And yeah, that's really nice right page. over his head. Like, oh, my God. Like, he can almost reach out and slash the tires. Yeah, and then there's a, a pilot that's like, I say, there's a man out on the runway. I had best pull up. And you see uh, someone say, I say not, Monsieur Pilot. Use your, how you say, safety factor distance to save him. And all of a sudden, there's this creepy-looking dude with a knife to the pilot telling him... Uh, to uh you know keep going right yeah and he's their plane security guard <laughs> yeah which okay. Is oh, so, okay there is there is he does say he have explosives but here's the thing i still don't understand what he was trying to do he wasn't escaping no he just wanted to take a plane like it's not like he he I, like i understand jumping ahead a bit sorry but you know mm-hmm. i understand his frustration his feelings his anger his lashing out not saying condone or not, but I understand. Mm-hmm. But he's just like all of a sudden he like he just 
did he just snap all of a sudden? Like, no, I'm taking a plane. Where? I don't know. Somewhere. Like, there, there just seemed to be no point to it. Yeah, and I just thought, well, was he going to blow up the plane? Like, what, what is he going to do here? Why does he have a bomb? Yeah. I would think yeah, the like, knife to the pilot's throat would be good enough to get the pilot to do what you wanted to do. You wouldn't have to say, oh, and I also have a bomb. Well, that was for the authorities. Yeah. To let them know, hey, you can't get here and maybe risk one person. Maybe. You know, you could also risk the entire plane. But, like, okay. as far as I remember here, he doesn't really have any real demands. He wants a car. Yeah. That's, that's it? That's, that's his only demand, a car. <laughs> I mean, are cars really that expensive back then that you have to take, you know, terrorist acts to get one? Well, no, a used one, too. It's not going to be new. Yeah, that Topaz is busy trying to communicate with all these French dudes that don't speak English, and she's getting frustrated. And finally, she goes, at last, someone who speaks English. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was great. And the guy's like, you know, hey, there's a, you know, a, a loop guru running around, a werewolf. And she's like, yeah, I know, dummy. Like, I can control this guy. So she goes blasting out of there to go find Jack. And in the meantime, he rips the door off of the plane and has this woman's opening and a stewardess here and, you know, starts snarling at her and she's screaming like, ah, and he just runs onto the plane, like starts creeping around in the plane. I don't know what he thought he was going to accomplish there, but he runs right into this would-be security guard with the knife, right? He wants to kill the metal bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. And then the the, the security guard here, this uh, rough-looking guy, he kind of wrestles a little bit with the pilot, and the pilot gets the knife away from him and says, uh, you know, well, I'm going to use this knife on you. And the guy's like, yeah, go ahead. And he tries to use it on him, and it breaks on his skin. And the pilot says, the knife, it broke in two on his skin. How is this possible? And I thought this was interesting here. Our, our friend here says, you have heard of mutants, have you not? I bear such a curse. So I was like, oh, so they're just coming around and saying, this guy is a mutant. That's interesting. So is this our first official yes Oh no! Wait. We, well, sorry. We had it. We had it before the team up with Spider Man, but in the actual werewolf book itself, this is the first Marvel thing. I, I, it seems Dracula, that way. But Dracula is kind of off on his own too. You know, he's mm -hmm. not really. I mean, up until now, as far as I remember, they could have said Dracula doesn't take place in the Marvel universe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You oh know? yeah, they could have got away with it. Yep. I mean, yes, they had the team up with Spider Man, but that's not in the werewolf's book itself. So, I mean, mm -hmm. not counting that, if you're just counting in the werewolf's book, this is the first something from Marvel coming into the werewolf book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. I was like, oh, they chose to kind of go that way. So I'm like, yeah. okay, cool, no problem, because obviously they can't say he's, you know, from, Wait, from a book. With, wasn't the girl, like, issue two with the, the, the that turned people to stone? Wasn't she a mutant? I yeah, I, I, I yeah. Never mind, I forgot about her. My bad. Shh. I'm bad. Sorry. Shh. Yeah, she may have said she was a mutant too. She was a gorgon or something. That's how she yeah, turned people Yeah, we did talk about her being a mutant. So never mind. They've this has been part of the Marvel universe definitely since the beginning. I'm completely yeah. wrong. But it's funny that they've done mutants multiple times now in this book. Yeah, it is kind of wild. I was just I don't know. I just I thought they would just leave it as is. They didn't need to explain it. The guy would just say, you know, I'm just a a, a BA. Uh, that's why that happened. So get out of my way. It's <laughs> an explanation at least. I wonder if wonder if we'll see him on Kuroka. <laughs> maybe well it's funny him and the werewolf then start fighting and they're in the but, midst of a huge brawl and topaz shows up and kind of uh doesn't help jack <laughs> yeah i mean she's trying to get control of him but gives a chance for uh the moment he takes his brain is back in wolf gets knocked out yeah hunchback just clobbers him with a couple of good shots and knocks him out or half loopy 
And Topaz is like, oh, no, Jack. And here comes the cops. So, you know, he doesn't have his knife anymore or he, he lost his bomb. There's a guy, I think, diffusing it at one point while they were brawling. Um, so he grabs Topaz by the throat, uh, I'll, I'll mention here, too. I was like, geez. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he's threat. He's using her as leverage to get away. And he, he does. And Jack finally comes back to the land of, uh, you know, the conscious here. And uh, he comes running after him and chasing him down and chases him all the way to the Cathedral of Notre Dame, which I'm not sure how far you'd have to go to get there. from the I airport. actually looked. I forget how many kilometers it said or miles, but it's about three walking. It's about three and a half hours. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it was a bit far, but, you know, I've never been to Paris, so I, I, I can't, either, couldn't but, say. <laughs> you know, Google Maps. <laughs> yeah, so even like, by the werewolf speed, maybe it's like at least close to three. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. issue could kind of work because, I mean, he does, you know, they do get the dawn. But, I mean, if they're at the airport like 12, 1 in the morning, let's say, because the flight was delayed. Yeah. And there is a point, too, while Jack uh, is trying to get to the cathedral here that uh, a French police officer who, by the way, is sporting an American M16 uh, does shoot Jack. And that's interesting. Yes. <laughs> And it doesn't really seem to phase them very much, though, because they point out that it's not silver. Yeah. Well, I think it's not just a security officer. They said that they were following him. Mm, okay. Remember when the guy when the when the guy gets away with Topaz, the the one army guy is thinking we're helpless. We must let him go, but we'll be following all the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. And they they you know he he does get inside the cathedral here because I don't know if he used his sense of smell or what to track down our buddy the hunchback here in topaz or maybe it's because him and topaz kind of have a little bit of a uh, like psych psychic this, link there or something yeah because yeah. this is when she fall. this is when the wolf goes away i mean jack goes away and the wolf's fully there because topaz is knocked out mm-hmm. and we do get a really nice shot of uh you know once jack comes into the cathedral and heads upstairs to find uh, our buddy the hunchback oh man there's a really good panel of the hunchback there he's got topaz by the arm she's you know kind of knocked out there on the ground and this is when he says about like, oh, well, you're a freak like me because nobody else could have gotten here this quickly and figured out where I was. Yeah, no, that's nice. Although I do like the last pa- the last panel on the page before where it's the, there's no panel. Oh, borders, yeah. but it's like three panels. It's the it's him going in the door. It's the hunchback running with Topaz and then the wolf looking above at them like mm-hmm. it looks like it's all one thing. Like there's no panel borders or anything, but. It's three different shots, and that's kind of cool looking. That's that's new. That's different. Yeah, that's really neat. That's a that's good cool one for looking sure. That's cool doing that. I like that. Yeah. Yep, that's fantastic. So then, of course, they they fight. They two monsters. They got to fight. And uh, you know, they're they're going to town fighting, and uh, it, it it seems like the the werewolf might be a little outmatched in the strength department here, but he does manage to swing on the rope for the bell, and it starts uh, you know, making our buddy go nuts here when it's bong bong. Well, he's bong, right next to crazy. the bells. Yeah, it starts to really affect him. And then the cops show up and surround the place. And, you know, it's on here. The fight's really on. And, you know, the wolf uh, just really starts, like, clawing at him and trying to kill him. Yeah, they're going at it. By the way, I want to mention real quick, these French police are pretty on the ball, though. I mean, you notice anywhere else, especially in America, it's it's a mask. And then because they have to say, good Lord, choke, it's not a mask. Mm -hmm. But here they're like, that's a werewolf. Yeah, no, no, no. That's a werewolf. That's not a mask. That's a werewolf. We know a werewolf when we see one. <laughs> yeah, they're right away. They're like, it's the Loop Guru. I'm like, wow, they must have a lot of werewolves in France. Yeah, like they're not wasting time with this BS. They're like, no, 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 no. This, <laughs> we're not wasting time with this mask stuff. That's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, they're not screwing around is right. And they, they, they're like the shoot first, ask questions later kind of crowd, too. Yeah. They don't they don't screw around. They're just like, oh, look, there's a there's a it's not a guy in a mask. There's a werewolf. Get him. Shoot him. <laughs> it's like, yep. And the bullets are flying right out of the gate. But, yeah, it's a good fight here between the werewolf and the hunchback, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, it's pretty vicious, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I guess they could let it be vicious because they don't worry about drawing blood since the hunch, you know, he's a, he's like, it sounds like it's, his skin is tough, at least, if not bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. The wolf can slash at him without actually killing him. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, he does eventually get the upper hand, though, which uh, kind of uh, surprised me. You know, we do get a quick, tiny little, I wouldn't say an origin for the hunchback here, but we do see him, you know, as a, a child being teased and, uh, picked on by some bullies and stuff like that, too. So that's kind of his excuse for being a maniac, I guess. Like I said, I'm not saying I excuse, but I kind of, yeah. you know, this part, I understand his anger and frustration. Yeah. It's just his plan was just like there was no plan. It almost seemed, if it wasn't for the bomb, it almost felt like it was a spur of the moment. Ah, screw it. <laughs> because there was no plan. Uh-uh. Yeah, it almost looks like Mary Jane Watson in that panel, too, by the way, where it shows the bullies picking on him. And then it's like an L-shaped panel and down in the left hand corner there. <laughs> it actually looks like Mary Jane with Gwen died with Gwen's hair. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's like that Mary Jane. <laughs> she a bully. She bullying the hunchback here. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, then Topaz passes out because we've been having this thing happen now where she's her powers are getting weaker. Yeah, she tried to, like, mind-link everybody here to be like, what's really going on? Let's all be friends. And, uh, yeah, she's uh, having issues with her powers, so she she does. She faints right then and there. But, you know, the werewolf just goes absolutely bananas and, uh, you know, picks up our buddy, the hunchback, here. And uh, she says, Jack, don't save him. Don't kill him. And as he's throwing him off, then he grabs for his arm to, like, oh, don't worry, I'll save you. But, you know, we get the... Uh, the panel there with the uh, the arm slipping, so I think we know where this is going. Yep, he fall down. Mm-hmm. Big guy fall down and die. So that's that's how the the issue ends with Jack and Topaz uh, up in the cathedral, looking down on uh, uh, his body there, and like the the police there, kind of checking him out, right? Yeah, like oh crap, I didn't want to do that. And for the first time, the werewolf cried. It says, and there's there really is a tear there. Yeah, he's upset because it's now Jack again. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, yeah, like you said, it, a, kind of a little bit of a weird outlier of a story. Not bad or anything like that, but just a, a little strange, right? Yeah, it just didn't feel like it was fully fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, because it may be a rush job. Yeah, I mean, maybe they were late. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you never know. It was Marvel in the 70s. That, that did tend to happen, especially... As the, the the decade wore on, there mid seventies and later, Mike it's... got too wrapped up reading his fr- looking through his French dictionary and reading Hunchback of Notre Dame, and realized too late. Oh wait, I'm supposed to actually have done this wor- done the work on this issue. Crap. And he was getting a phone call from uh, I'm trying to think who was the editor at this point. Roy Thomas still. He was getting the phone call, being like, uh, "Dude, your issue was due two days ago. What's the problem there? <laughs> I I don't even have a plot from you yet." Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I would. Plug needs I, to draw this. Yeah, it was Roy Thomas. Plug, Plug's been calling me. He's like, "Did you did you lose my address? Am I off the book?" Yeah, I would never want to be that guy that would have to call up and be like, "Yo, I need that story like ASAP." Like, have to harass people. Like, like I'm that. still on the book, right? I'm still working on it. 
<laughs> Did you get to somebody else without telling me? Because I don't have it yet. So, all right. Well, that does it for issue number 16. So why don't we uh, bounce into Werewolf by Night 17? And this one had a May 1974 cover date. Uh, on sale was uh, February of that same year. And this one is uh, Behold the Behemoth. And we have a <laughs> Gil Kane and Frank Giacoya cover here. So yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this cover here? I have some interesting thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. It's a weird cover. Uh, the Behemoth's proportions are way off. That head is too small for the size of the body they give it. It doesn't. It, it just looks off. Mm-hmm. You know, inside it looks fine. Cover. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really unimpressed with a Gil Kane cover, which I don't yeah. say that very often. No, very no, unimpressed. It, it's funny. The last issue had a great cover. The story was eh, and this one I enjoyed the story a lot more, but the cover was eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you. But yeah, Behold the Behemoth is the name of this one, which is fantastic. And uh, it was, again, uh, Mike Friedrich was a scripter. But now we have uh, a new artist coming on here, which sometimes he'll be the wholesale artist. And I think every once in a while he'll have an inker as well. But uh, inks, pencils and inks on this one is uh, Don Perlin. And I'm pretty sure with maybe one exception, Maybe two at the most, but I think it might be only one exception. He's the uh, penciler from here on out for this book, right? Oh, I I don't realize. I, I didn't know that. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I well, think he's consistent. Artistic consistency. Maybe we'll tell the difference between the women in Jack's life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think we do it uh, in this one here. I was that yeah. was something I was going to actually point out, which uh, it's funny you say that. So. Uh, George and, Rousseau's was the colorist and letters by Tom Orzakowski, right? And I didn't realize I knew he did X-Men. OK, I know him from that. I didn't realize he worked this far back because, I mean, isn't he still lettering? I mean, I th- or at least he was up until a few years ago. I thought he was lettering for Spawn. Or Zikowski? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, I think this is fairly early work for him, but I think he'd been around for a year or two at this point doing, like, spot jobs. I just, I didn't realize he was still goes this far back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, like you said, X-Men is where I knew him from first as well. He was well, a long-time like letterist. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't he was early 70s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. I, I remember seeing a thing about how he was still lettering on Spawn. Now, maybe he's not doing it now, but he still was doing it up until, like, you know, as far as I know, several years ago he was doing it. That's still one hell of a career. Yeah, I think, I don't think he's doing anything these days. I think for a few months now he's been in some not great health. I don't think he's still working anymore, which sucks. Uh yeah, which really sucks because uh, seems like a super nice guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is a uh, synopsis. Just says Jack and Topaz return to California, only to find <laughs> Baron Thunder and the committee have sent the Behemoth to capture Jack. And uh, yeah, like you said, this one it, it sounds kooky, but it's it's kind of a fun story. So uh, let's uh, let's dive in here. So uh, splash page. Wow, uh, I really like this splash page here. Uh, it's got the behemoth trapped by the savage man mountain called the behemoth at the top and the behemoth lettering kind of looks like it's on fire and we're we're, we're picking up right from where we left off in the last issue with jack and topaz in the cathedral right oh yeah and jack's jack's right at that ledge still where i mean this is awesome continuity from the last Mm -hmm. issue he's still right where he was when he had left you know when the guy fell to his death He's there mm-hmm. snarling at the uh, or looking at the police officers. They're all staring at him, running around. You can see all the activity going on down there. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. It's and like I said, continuity. We're going to see 
And, you know, Mike Friedrich, you know, pencil or I'm sorry, not pencil, uh, wrote both these issues, scripted them, which is fantastic. And I think he might do maybe two more issues. But then after that, uh, we're going to get uh, uh, the team, like I said, with Perlin and uh, Doug Mensch. That's going to take us out for pretty much the rest of the whole series. And there's there's a lot of really good continuity uh, from that point out, which I absolutely love. So, uh, you know, just uh, to, just a little quick mention of that and we'll we'll move on here. But, yeah, fantastic splash page here like you said not only artistically is it great the continuity is fantastic as well so uh you know we know what's going to happen here you know we have a dead guy even even though he was a a bullied and hated hunchback he's he's dead and the the cops are like hey look up there we see somebody up there and topaz again is trying to kind of calm the werewolf down and her powers are failing her a little bit but uh they hear somebody coming and uh, the werewolf hides and the, the cops come in and they're like, hey, you know, there's the girl that was kidnapped by the hunchback. And uh, we do have an English speaking uh, Frenchman here. And he says, uh, she looks bewildered. Let me talk to her in English. And he goes, miss, do you understand English? And she goes, yes. And he goes, then tell us, did you see a loop guru? And she goes, er, that is their uh, werewolf. Yes, he chased my kidnapper up that way. And she points towards, you know, the top of the cathedral there. But then she passes out because she says uh, she can't keep in contact with Jack and talk to them. So she's really running out of juice here, right? Yeah. And also, I realized something. Last issue in this one, I think, are the first times we're actually seeing, like, images of her power. Like, if you go back a page before, you see that last panel, you see the images, you know, the the mental, you know, the, the power lines coming from her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, showing power. But, like, before... And also, I just went back and checked real quick. It was also showing stuff in last issue. But previously, like, when, like for instance, when she was confronting Dracula, she just stared at him. Yes. You know, they were doing it before as if, like, what we would what we would actually see, which is nothing. Yeah. And yeah. now we're actually seeing something. I'm just, just noticing yeah. that now. We're actually seeing the images of her power. Yeah, there was actually a visual effect in the last, in this issue yeah. and the one before, compared to, like you said, yeah, the other ones, it was just... Uh, it, like, it would be relayed through a caption box what was going on. Yeah, but it would be like what we saw if we were mm-hmm. there. Kind of like mm-hmm. what we would actually see if the Invisible Woman was using her powers, which is nothing. We wouldn't see the little dot. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, and now we're getting them, which is just interesting. And I love this scenario here. So, you know, she passes out so she can no longer keep in contact with uh, Jack or the werewolf here. And, and now, like, now the, it's the wolf again. Yeah, he's just going to go bananas here. And it says the werewolf growled and he's like, Rawr. and the cops turn around. What was that sound? And he is jumping like right at the one cop. And he says, Bon do. <laughs> I love it. Le Luca Ru- oh, he gets knocked out. <laughs> yep. He gets knocked out like really with like a back fist. And of course, the, the one cop's like, hey, I'm not going to let this guy, you know, tear my friends apart. I'm going to shoot him. And I do find this interesting because I do feel like. There have been a few issues you and I have uh, talked about where the the gunshots didn't kill him, but he had been shot and they did show to like really affect him and hurt him badly. I, again, I don't think he was going to die, but they, they did hurt him quite a bit. And it, it says right here, uh, even when the, or it says, but mere lead cannot kill a werewolf, even when it strikes point blank is the caption boxes. And then the cop, he shoots him three times at point blank range and says, my bullets have no effect. We need silver bullets if we are to kill him. And Jack is kind of just hopping around as if it's not even bothering him. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little inconsistent. 
Yeah, and I'm fine with this, by the way. I am totally fine with them shooting him and him being like, oh, yeah, it's, it's not bothering me. I'm cool with that. Yeah, it's just inconsistent of how much it bothers him. And then Topaz kind of like uh, wakes up a little bit here out of her stupor, and the werewolf is kind of coming at her like he's going to hurt her. And she says, oh, no, Jack turns on me, crouched, ready to pounce. And she says, stop. And then she you know, gives a little bit of a mental whammy to him here, and it changes him back into Jack. So, you know, human form here. Yeah, well, it's daylight now. Mm-hmm. And it is funny, too. Uh, this is just hilarious to me. So the two of them come running out of the cathedral, and the cops are all still there. And Topaz says, the werewolf, we saw him just inside. Do you understand? Inside. And the one cop says, we, oui, mademoiselle. And they all go running in there, and they just let Topaz and Jack run away. Now, I get it. They didn't see Jack previously, but he's basically a witness or an accessory to some... Like, there was just, like, a murder here, maybe. Uh, well, I don't know if they just let him run away. Well, like she said, there's such they didn't question you, and they're rushed to get inside. So they were, you know, <laughs> and I guess they're a little more, maybe they don't see as many werewolves as we suspected. <laughs> well, this is fantastic, so though. They're a because little like, what the hell? Werewolf! Yeah, he, he says, am I complaining to Topaz? Come on, let's get out of here. And this is the quickest transition ever. Uh, there's two regular-sized panels, and then one teeny little panel shoved in between. And that one shows an airplane, and it says, and so the next day, saw us over our hometown of Los Angeles. And then, boom, here we go. It's uh, the dad and, or I guess stepdad, pardon me, and the sister, Lisa, and they're home. Yeah. And I was just like, hey, Lisa looks different. She uh, uh, Once again, she looks different than she had previously. But again, it's a different artist, so I'm cool with that, especially as long as she stays this way. Yeah, and she doesn't look like Topaz, <laughs> right? Yeah. Mm. Which is the only thing with the ex-girlfriend. Like, wait, is that the girlfriend or Lisa? I can't tell. Mm -hmm. So Never date people who look almost exactly like your sibling. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying, people. Yeah, that's... that's, Might be be a good tip. Yeah, that doesn't doesn't bode well for you (laughs) if you do that. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, he, uh, you know, talks to the stepdad and everything, you know, as we know before we did our crossover, uh, everything's cool now with them because uh, Jack found out that his stepfather, Philip, was not trying to kill his mother. And, you know, it's just this committee that was coercing him and taking money and doing all this crap. So, uh, but Lisa, she's, you know, having a, she looks worried. And Jack's like, you know, what's going on? And she says, I am. Next week's my half birthday? In six months, I'll be 18. And I'm thinking, man, if I could have been milking more presents uh, out of it when I was a kid for my half birthday, I really missed oh. out. They had a fit. The family had a yacht. And had a remember had a castle as yeah. well as a, a manor house. that was in that was in that was in um remember they also had a castle and a manor that was in Transylvania plus the beach house so yeah they're rich <laughs> half you're, birthdays you're, taking, you're getting half birthdays <laughs> yeah that's fantastic and he goes that's right when if the family curse holds you'll you'll and she goes say it Jack become a werewolf like you and he gets this mental picture of her turning into a werewolf that looks pretty creepy. Yeah, it does look pretty cool. Or, or just thinking, or maybe she's just a big fan of Paddington. <laughs> maybe. Pretty, I think I remember him having half birthdays. I mean, I don't know. It's been like 30-some, 40 years since I read those <laughs> books, but pretty sure he had half birthdays. It could be, but... Uh, so now uh, we see a scene where, you know, Jack is trying to console Lisa here, and there's some creep outside with a radio, and he says, Try Delta 5 reporting to the committee. Jack Russell sighted in home of stepfather. Uh, I await orders, and there's some bald dude that looks like Professor Xavier on the other end and says, maintain constant surveillance, try Delta 5, and your bonus is being dispatched. 
immediately to you. I'm thinking, what do you mean your bonus? What? You think he looks like, I thought he looked like 70s Luther. <laughs> he kind of does. That's a bit more jolly. <laughs> but either yeah. one, yeah. Hey, but the, the committee, you know, maybe the committee heard me talking about Dr. Sun. It's like, hey, we got to step up our game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, this, report, this guy... report things on time. You know, we might start throwing out some, we have a bonus structure now. How does that sound? Mm-hmm. Well, there's two guys here, and the one that was, you know, the, the Luthor or Xavier wannabe here says, Excellency, we, and this person in this chair says, no need to report. I monitored the pertinent transmission. Model K-12 will be dispatched in time to capture Russell. And a test model, Excellency, the other guy says, and he goes, do you doubt me, the head of the committee? And we see Baron Thunder for the first time here. What do you think of him? Okay. Here's my honest response to seeing Baron Thunder for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) He's got a good look. (laughs) This boomer thinks he's so tough. Yeah, he's he's like um, a a portly gentleman with a cigarette holder puffing on a cig. He has a monocle. Everything. A buzz cut. Uh, It looks like egghead. Has hair mm-hmm. only on the very top of his head, like he just planted it on there or something. Mm-hmm. He has a, a a cummerbund that has a uh, like the cat creature signal on it, which you know we did talk about the uh, giant sized creatures number one, and there was that cat cult. It kind of looks like that, and, and then, also the like the, 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 the his cape is held on with little skulls, like nothing. He yep. looks like him and like nineteen eighty Katie Pride went shopping for their costumes the same together. And both mm-hmm. thought we're helping each other going, that looks awesome. Yeah. And then he's got one of those chairs that has a bunch of buttons. So when he pushes buttons, things happen, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm talking about the Kitty Pride thing, right? It's like X-Men 149, which oh, has yeah. that horrible costume with like the gold pants and like the, it's like every color, they all clash. Mm-hmm. She had a costume every other month. <laughs> <sighs> it's like, oh my God. A different like, one. <laughs> Like, really, they're taking, they must be thinking, we're taking orders from this guy. Well, the two flunkies here, they, they, they actually question him and his, uh, his plan here. They, they, they question the plan at their own peril. And then he clicks a little button and a giant metal door opens and we get to see the behemoth for the first time here. And I, I like the behemoth. He's like this oh, yeah. giant muscle head purple guy. Looks with a bit a, like the golem. Uh, yeah, with, a, with an orange diaper. And he he looks pretty tough. And I can't tell at this point if he's like, I assume he's some kind of like robot, but we don't really know what he is yet, do we? Based on what he's made of, what we see later in the issue, I'm almost, that's why I'm going with the Gollum thing, because it almost seems like he's made of clay or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he almost looks like a statue come to life, like a, a Ray Harryhausen kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, but go back a page. This mm-hmm. is interesting that the first panel of the last row. Mm-hmm. Yes, where the one guy is selling Baron Thunder. But but we of the your inner council don't even know the real reason we hunt Russell. Only the inane pseudo economics we follow stuff on flunkies like Sarnak. <laughs> Which is great. Good callback there again. Continuity. I love it. Yeah, but also it's Friedrich. I forget if Friedrich was on writing those issues or not, or was that Wolfman? Maybe I forget. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think he was writing it back then. No. But maybe he's saying, okay, this doesn't work. And finding a way instead of just which they would have done a lot of times where they just kind of change things completely. Yes. And pretended like it was always this way. They're going like, no, no, no. There's a real reason, but we don't know why. I mean, yeah, we tell these guys this BS answer, mm-hmm. which is what they use. 
but and so it kind of retcons those other things without actually changing what happened yeah 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 yeah. I, and i do like i mean the, the committee has been like in and out and sometimes shown to be just kind of like yeah whatever and other times shown to have these vast resources so I I do like that they're still in this going in this well because it was never the committee was never really like put out of commission. Yeah, and I also like it feels like Friedrich is like okay that made no sense for why they were going after him. Um, I don't know why yet, but at least we have at least I'm I'm able to stall it now without actually having to say anything. So I like that. That's a good trick. That's a good writing trick. Mm-hmm. And I like what this guy does too. Um, Baron Thunder here. He's like, oh, so you dared question me? Uh, I'm gonna have the behemoth beat you up, and then then you're gonna trust me. <laughs> It's like, yeah. oh, okay, good. Now, have gentlemen, have you eradicated your disbelief, or would you prefer it dashed to the floor along with your broken bodies? It's like, no, 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 no. We believe you. You're all cool. It's all cool. <laughs> we, we would never doubt your judgment. And he goes, good. Do not forget that. And then, uh, you know, snap back to Jack, and he's back at this, like, uh, swingers apartment place, the Golden House. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's back at his place trying to figure out something about the cure, because he's really on... Because now it's like not just him, because he's already dealing with being a werewolf. It's he's trying to find it before Lisa gets it. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. even tries his crazy next door neighbor. Well, he says he hears some chanting from next door, and he's like, "That's that Raymond Coker's place, the dude who's all about his own privacy." And then he goes over and knocks on his door anyway, and says, "Hey, like, what's going on in there, man? I I heard something going on." And he goes, "What do you know about werewolves?" And the guy takes a swing at him. <laughs> well, I like it. He thinks he's being made fun of. Yeah, I mean, Jack but... did see him doing stuff before. Now, granted, this is the guy who's so crazy about his privacy that he leaves the door open while he's doing, you know, arcane rituals. Uh huh. And speaking, still, speaking of arcane rituals. <laughs> yeah, here, he's doing here. something we see. Yeah, he's got like a pentagram and candles and some kind of demonic looking. Uh, I don't know what you'd call that thing within burning some incense or something. Yeah. What, what the heck is that? I don't even know. No idea. Now, the question is, is this going to be a bad thing that he's trying to do i mean it's probably end up being bad but the question mm-hmm. is is he trying to do bad or is there a good reason like is he trying mm-hmm. to do something good mm-hmm. and before jack you know can get back to his room he's uh you know runs into sandy and i didn't think there was a sandy i thought it was clary and what was the other girl's name i thought it was something different i didn't think it was I sandy forget yeah i didn't think it was sandy so either this is a screw-up or this is just some other hot chick that wants some of jack um, um and well, she's the manager of the building, so maybe he met her the first, you know, before he met the other two. Mm, yeah, I don't like know. When he moved in. She talks about being a swinging single. I'm like, I'll bet you are. <clears throat> and Jack then says, uh, you know, uh, about, uh, uh, oh, she goes, oh, the rent's due tomorrow. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then she's like, you know, oh, hey, look, you know, before I forget, here's a note for you. And it says, Jack, meet me at the studio. You're my date tonight, Clary. And he goes, hmm, from Clary Winters. And he goes down to the studio to meet up with her. And, uh, you know, he goes flying in there. And she's there in some, uh, almost looks like she's in a bathrobe. And there's some creepy guy that gives off, like, uh, like Terry Long vibes here with his curly <laughs> hair. <laughs> but he has that mustache. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. He looks like a real creep. <laughs> By the way, this is the issue for editor's notes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. first we get multiple editor's notes about the father. Mm-hmm. You know, then we have multiple editors notes about the committee and Sarnak. Mm-hmm. Um, we get it when he first met his neighbor. But then we also even get one for not just a werewolf about him going to the because he's thinking about Joshua Kane. 
mm-hmm. who's associated with the theater, which is Werewolf 5 and 6. But he asks him, any news about Louis Beliski? And it says, Dracula lives, number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're dropping them like crazy here. And, you know, he asks this guy because this guy produced some of Joshua Kane's movies. And he's like, you know, kind of inquiring about it. And he's just like, hmm, of course, why? And he goes, well, I was a, a fan of his. Does he leave any notes or books? Because I guess at some point that Joshua Kane or his brother, one of the two, said about, you know, they, they kind of knew about some of the, you know, backstory about werewolves and vampires and all that kind of crap. So he's thinking, oh, maybe this guy had some books on it. And uh, we have that creepy guy uh, watching him again. Uh, I don't know if that's that agent that was outside the house, I'm assuming. And he's he's keeping an eye on him here, right? Yeah, I think so. Because didn't that guy have a hat? Yeah, that guy had the, mm-hmm. hat, the hat with like the white thing around. It was like, yeah, it's the same color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, then, they drew it. It's the same guy. And then Jack is uh, back in his apartment, and it says, I quickly talked my way out of Clary's date and spent the evening pouring through numerous phone books because I guess they say there's a, a guy, Geraldo Cable, Cabal, Cabell, something like that, where uh, he might know something about uh, Joshua Kane and the Kane family and these arcane books and stuff. And he is looking all through these phone books, and then suddenly he gets a knock at the door, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's our buddy here, uh, Topaz, right? Yep, because he had once again forgot to check the calendar. Mm. <laughs> yes, and this leads right into a two-page spread here. And I would like your thoughts on this two-page spread here. What, what about this transformation? Okay, that's a cool spread. Mm. That's a cool transformation scene. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. That's that's him standing up and screaming. And then the, I, I like that second bit where his hair... It's still his red hair, but he has like the werewolf color, like the werewolf face, but without yeah. the fur. Yeah, he almost looks vampiric in that second. Yeah, one there. it's like it's like four stages of human and then semi human, uh, semi werewolf and then full werewolf, which looks incredible. Yeah, no, that that is a cool looking splash page. I like it. It's, it's a two page splash, too. That's impressive. Mm hmm. Yep, and then he kind of comes after Topaz, like, that he's going to try to hurt her or even kill her. And she says, my powers are ever weaker, but I must try to use them. And she's she's trying to use her powers to, like, you know, calm him down, but she's not going to need to because uh, the behemoth is here, right? Yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> he comes smashing through the wall. Mm-hmm. And Jack, you know, so thankfully he's just the werewolf. Now, yeah, the world, but yeah, there's no need to do it. But like I said, I think he's clay because like he takes a swing at the head and like pieces come off like it's clay. Yeah. And then the, the, the behemoth grabs him by the throat and starts choking him. And he kind of bites and scratches like, you know, slashes with his claws at the hand and he cuts the hand right off. Yeah. It, it, although it's kind of weird because like you really doesn't look like he's doing that. No, it, the, the perspective but, is really zoomed in that you can't see him doing it. Yeah. But yeah, apparently he's been clawing at the hand enough that it just fell right off. <laughs> yep. And then and he that... knocks, rips the other hand off. Yeah, he bites and rips the other hand off. Uh, but then the beast just uh, kind of like, you know, uses the rest of its arm just to swat him away and then uh, tries to stomp him, tries to do a, the old curb stomp here on him. And uh, he, he kind of just turns as if he's being summoned back to somewhere. So he just turns around and starts walking out of the smashed wall and then there's a, a poor werewolf that's going to try to chase him and kill him and topaz uses her the little bit of a whammy she has left on him to calm him down and she changes him all the way back into uh back into jack right yeah 
Oh, real quick. So I looked up. Okay, I'm looking up real quick. So Werewolf by Night 11 is when he moves into the place. Mm-hmm. And now Claire, there's Clary Winter and Sam. But Sam. Also, yeah, but also Tina Sandy Sands is also has a appearance there. So she did. So she is previous. She had been around. Okay, all right. At least that one time. It's just like man. It's like we've seen three hot chicks and they all want them. She's (laughs) low. She's lower on the on the the supporting cast scale because on the marvel.fandom.com that I'm using, Mm -hmm. you can't click on her name for anything. Oh, so she's a. This is it. (laughs) I mean, she had that appearance and this appearance at least. Whether there's more or not, I don't know. But apparently, she's less than Clary and Sam because Clary and Sam, you can click on them and get a little information. Yeah, and something interesting happens here. You know, Topaz, and this kind of had me a little sad because uh, I really like the character of Topaz. She yeah. kind of tells Jack, like, listen, man, uh, you know, my powers are burning out. I, I don't know what to do. So I got to go. I need, yeah, I need to leave. I, she says she's going to go back to India to try to figure out what's going on with her powers, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I wonder why he was doing that, but I don't know. I mean, maybe it's his character, and he since he was leaving the book, he didn't want to leave her mm-hmm. with yeah. somebody else. So he's like, maybe he had plans for her. And then we get a elsewhere later the following evening, and we got your uh, your boy uh, Baron Thunder here, right? He's uh, he he's getting his uh, his uh, his his behemoth back to uh, full strength here. Yeah, he's fixing it. And he says he's sending somebody else over to uh, the Russell residence to, uh, you know, uh, rough him up or do something. And just then, there's a knock on the door, and it's our boy Lieutenant Hackett from the police department, who we've seen him before as well. Yeah, it's been several issues, but we haven't seen you haven't seen him in a while. But yeah, he's back. And he says, I've reason to believe there's a werewolf here. And Jack thinks, good Lord, he knows. And that's uh, the cliffhanger we're left on, right? Yep. It's like, uh oh. (laughs) Yeah, because, of course, Jack thinks, uh, you know, he's figured it out. But uh, I by the way, it's worded in the, the situation. It's like, I don't think he thinks you're the werewolf, Jack. He just thinks there is a werewolf. And I think the rest of the police department would probably would laugh at him. But. They, they, I think they've seen him before, though, haven't they? Because didn't the cops run into him, the werewolf, when Sarnak and his uh, zombie guys were going crazy in the streets? Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. That was the last time we saw him. Yeah, so they've uh-huh. seen they've seen a werewolf. Shoot, I was just looking up. We're not going to see Topaz for like, like another year. Yeah, she does disappear for quite a while, which sucks because I, I do. I really like that character quite a bit. Giant size issue three is when she comes back. Wow. Yeah, that's that's quite a ways down the down the pipe here so yeah boo packet <laughs> uh, when did we last see him man, uh, 10, thinking, yeah you're right yeah so i thought it's it's been a while like that was a subplot there for a little bit and you figure werewolf by night it, we had uh what three yeah two three and four three issues in marvel spotlight before issue one of werewolf by night so there was you know 13 issues up to that point of continuity but they were keeping that subplot going that the cops were very interested in the Russell family as well. Yeah, but now that's been dropped a bit. <laughs> Although I'm trying to figure out how the heck is Jack cleaning up this mess? I mean, yeah, I have an I have a explanation to for Sandy. What do you mean explanation? You didn't have a party. The walls are damaged. I mean, the walls are like ready to fall down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, the to see how he explains this in the next issue. <laughs> I mean, it's like he had the Hulk in there. Uh huh. Yep. It's gonna be great. I can hear it now. Oh, we had a wild party in here or something. That's what's gonna be hit. That's this is a this a swinging singles apartment complex. You get this all the time here. Yeah, yeah. You gotta so. plaster up the walls again. 
<laughs> so, all right. Well, that's going to take us out here for this one. But yeah, the two issues that were very interesting. Like you said, 16 was kind of, eh, but 17 was a lot of fun. I did, I did like the committee and this behemoth and this <laughs> dime store villain here too, Baron Thunder. Yeah, uh, he's... <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. we lose Topaz. Yeah, that's the only bad part. We lose Topaz. But yeah, in the next uh, few issues, there's a lot of like crazy wild concepts coming in because, like I said, we're going to get Mike Friedrich for, I think, two more issues. And then uh, Doug Mensch comes in and uh, him and uh, Perlin work pretty close together and do some wild stuff. There's a, oh, a lot of awesome. crazy villains coming up. One of my all-time favorite crazy villains, uh, Dr. Glitter Knight. <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about him. He's a... Uh, that sounds he's, like he's, a DJ. DJ oh, yeah. Glitter Knight. It's, it's fantastic. I mean, he he's no Tatter Demalion, which he didn't get a name drop. Sarnak did, but he didn't. So I'm a little pissed off about that. But uh, Dr. Glitter Knight's pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah. So looking forward to it. But yeah, that's uh, that's going to wrap us up here. So uh, if anybody uh, wants to uh, seek you out, where can they find you out? Well, you go to my main show, Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast, which is all about the Marvel characters, Adam Warlock and Thanos. In case you want something different from Marvel Horror, let's go with Marvel Cosmic. Mm-hmm. So just type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in any uh, podcast search box you're using, or, you know, go to our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com, or on Twitter, for now, at Adam Thanos Pod. Yeah, Twitter, you never know, man. There's there's some kooky I've, stuff happening over there, so you never it's know. It's still there for now, but, you know, you <laughs> never know. So the Tumblr page is, you know, whatever's going on with that, who cares? So mm-hmm. you can always go to that one and find, you know, places to see. And then Legion Podcast as well, right? Oh, yes, that's right. I'm also on the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-Cast, which is about the late 80s, early 90s DC comic sci-fi series Legion. That's the one with the acronym, and Viral Dox and Lobo, mm-hmm. not Legion of Superheroes. Although, in fact, at this point, we're done with that, and we're, in fact, doing the 2009 Rebels series. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you, uh, you sometimes pop up over on the Two True Freaks Network as well, right? Yes. Oh, and the Legion show you can find on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, I be, I did recently. I was on um, an episode of uh, what's it called? Is it Jaws? Mm, yep. Good show. Yep. Where talking they, they about a, Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yep. They take a movie and you know they rank it and oh the Jaws ranking system is great. You know that. Yeah. I love how they explain the Jaws ranking system of one, two, three, and four. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> is it Jaws? Absolutely is love it, it Jaws two, three, or maybe four? Mm, yeah, that's I mean, a could good. Could be worse. Could be Jaws seventeen. Mm, yeah the promo for that show is hilarious i love it yeah. but uh yep so yeah you know we'll uh i'll have uh all this stuff in the show notes uh, if everybody wants to uh, find out out there and uh yeah thanks for uh, joining me once again my friend and uh you know uh, we'll be uh, back at it again for two more issues very soon right oh yeah no because i'm looking forward to seeing what because it, it tells us next issue <laughs> ma mayhem i want to know what the hell that is <laughs> that's probably baron thunder's uh, uh ex-wife <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that's going to get us out of here and we uh, will get out and I'll be back in a minute to wrap up the show. I'm me, Fruit Root, with my fruit-flavored cereal, Fruit Root, part of your nutritious breakfast. Who are you? But delicious Fruit Root has fruit-flavored marshmallows for the howling good taste of fruit. Count Chocula's got chocolate marshmallows. Frankenberry's got strawberry-flavored marshmallows. Fruit Fruit Root, with a howling good taste of fruit. 
okay, everybody, that wraps up this episode. Once again, I want to thank Al for being on. I uh, love sitting down and talking World of Pie Night with Al. He's a good guy. Definitely check out his uh, podcast. I'll have everything in the show notes as usual. And, uh, you know, definitely uh, get ready. We're going to be uh, getting two more issues out of the way next time we sit down and record. And we're not too far away from hitting the giant size uh, with World of Pie Night. Uh, we did giant size creatures, number one, which is, you know, basically giant size World of Pie Night, number one. Um, but once you get into the second and third and fourth and then final fifth issue of those giant size, uh, they're really kooky, really crazy. They have some really wild stuff going on in them. And, uh, we should be, uh, you know, the next few, uh, recordings getting to those as well, uh, starting with the, the second one. So get ready for that. Cause it's going to be a blast. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody. <laughs>